Good morning, I'm Sean. I'm Curtis. And today we're talking about... Escape from Planet Earth. Escape from Planet Earth, the 2012 movie starring Rob Corddry. And... Uh, Brendan Fraser. Brendan, uh, oddly enough, Brendan Fraser. This was like in the middle of his not doing anything. Period. I think this was actually his comeback. This was the start of his. This comeback. was his. No, this was his comeback. You know and then what? every whenever we thought his comeback was starting, he was already back because of this movie. He did a great job. Yeah, he did the voice of a character, which is more than you can say for anybody else involved in this movie. More than you can say for me. Was it just me, or did you think Rob Corddry's character was Patton Oswalt for like the first thirty minutes of the movie? I did not think that it was Rob Corddry. Um, I thought it was somebody else. I, I he did sound a little Patton Oswaldish. And did, was it just me, or did you think Sofia Vergara was played by Sofia Vergara? Uh, yeah, Vigara, I was pretty much one. I was pretty much one hundred percent sure of that. Yes. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, we're gonna, this is Saturday morning dads. Oh yeah, it is. Hit the theme. Wait, the theme song plays before we start. I'm just gonna scat the theme. Hey, save us licensing. We, if you were just gonna scat the theme, we could have saved hundred bucks on buying that song. Oh, sorry about that. Um, the yeah. So the movie that we're talking about, Escape from Planet Earth. And uh, we're going to talk all about it today. We are, but not yet. Not yet. First, time for Up Top Banter. Up Top Banter. Curtis, how was your holiday? Yeah, I haven't talked to you um, since the holidays. We're going to yeah. pretend like I haven't talked to you since the holidays. Right. It's, it's it's January 11th. We work together every day, but I haven't talked to you about your Christmas Yeah, yet. it's great to see you since before the holidays. Um, my, my Christmas was great. Um, Santa Claus was real good to my kids. I don't know why he was so good, but, uh, Santa Claus got a little carried away. With he, the... he went off cuteness, not behavior this year. Yeah, he did. He did. He got, he got, he got wrapped up in the spirit of the, of giving. <laughs> that, that is, whole thing. <laughs> that is I guess that is Santa's this thing. This is the whole bag. He literally has a bag full of toys yeah. to give. But yeah, they got they got too much this year. Um, they're not going to get as much next year. Sounds good. Yeah, we scaled it back this year. We've learned our lesson. They don't play with all the little toys. They don't need them all. Yeah, I get so uh, I get so worried about like what they're going to get in their stocking. Like literally, all that stuff is going to probably already in the trash. Yes, just chocolate. You know what I used to get in my stocking? What was that? Uh, big red gum. Big red gum. <laughs> Why did you get big red gum? I don't gum? know. It, it was always at my grandparents' house. Um, it was always gum. Awesome. What a real treat. Hey, I enjoyed the. And it was the little pack, like five sticks. And it was the sticks. The 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 like pit pack you could get at the checkout. Yes. At 7-Eleven for a nickel. Yep. Yep, Santa awesome. Claus. Santa Claus went to the Allsops a lot. I think. Well, that's pretty sweet. That sounds good. Um, how was I used how, to always? Uh, not always, but I definitely remember sometimes getting nuts. Am I stocking? Just loose nuts. Just loose nuts. <laughs> just some chestnuts. Just like pecans. in the bottom of the sock yeah, with you had like to shell them. There were the kinds in the shell. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. 
remember that more than once. Yeah. Yeah, stockings um it's a weird it's a weird thing. We got we got my kids uh TVs and uh we're just like there you go. This year, the year that you scaled back, you got them TVs. Yeah, but I mean we didn't get them like a whole bunch of things like normally there's this huge pile of presents and um they open them all up and then they just like a week later in the bottom of the toy bin and yeah. there's toy bins overflowing. And I've noticed that uh, the number of presents is much more. And I remember from being a kid, the number of presents is much more uh, important than the expensive, the expense of the presents. Now nah, we flipped it this year. We went with expense over we went with quality over quantity. And my, but my kids are still very, very young. They're still younger than your kids. Still, they haven't grown up yet. They haven't caught up. No, they haven't caught up yet. Um, I think, I think this is, I think this is like the the flip of of that. I think going forward, like next year, they'll probably get Nintendos and nothing else. Like here's a single present. It's a Nintendo. And no, like one other present is a game or no. You you can't buy the games physically. You got to download them. Uh, I know that stinks for Christmas. Well, was, get them like a gift card of Nintendo bucks or whatever they call them. Your your present is in the cloud. My like, kids my kids' favorite things are mods for Minecraft, and uh, I can bribe them to do just about anything with a mod for Minecraft, and they're three ninety nine to seven ninety nine. So. That's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty good deal. They don't want action figures or Nerf guns. They want Minecraft mods. How much are action figures these days? Like if I wanted to go buy a like a G.I. Joe, do they have G.I. Joes? You know what's weird? I don't know if they have G.I. Joes. It's mostly like Marvel and Star Wars. Right, if I wanted to go buy a Captain America action figure. Here, okay, you got two options. Like the the... The kind that you can play with, not the kind that 40-year-old men buy yes, to pose. Yes, that is what Target is dedicated to now, is the the Silver Elite Black Edition collector box that's like $35, mm. and it's not meant to be opened, and that is all that's at Target. And then the cheap things, the cheap little ones, come in like play sets. You can't just buy just a cheap little action Captain America and also, Captain America movies are PG thirteen, have strong sexual themes. Children should be watching them. Anyway, um, yeah, they'll come like a whole playset, which is also thirty five dollars. It won't just be like a standalone. I remember you could get a Ninja Turtle for five bucks back in you know nineteen ninety two. Yeah, oh. and still didn't get any of us. My parents still never. My parents never bought me Ninja Turtles. Really? And I was I always wanted them. Was it? Were they morally opposed? No, just, they just wouldn't do it. Just didn't do it. Well, shout out to my I mom. Never, she like, bought me a ton of Ninja Turtles. I didn't. I didn't have a lot of toys, and I was okay with it. Like I was fine with it. Yeah. Um. I had like I had one GI Joe. I never had like the full like I didn't have like thirty of any. I didn't have like full sets or anything. I had like one GI Joe. I had like three Star Wars guys, and they were they were not the the main characters. <laughs> it was like the AT-AT driver. You had the bartender. <laughs> we don't serve your guy. I had the uh, torture droid from Jabba's Palace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely had the... Um, oh, what's the guy? Wait, hold on. I can't remember his name. Queequay. No, I think his name's Tuk-Tuk. 
the uh, the Bantha trainer. Yes, I definitely had him. The guy who was crying when the oh no, yeah, the, yeah when the Bantha died. When Wait, the, is uh, that Bantha? Yeah, no. yeah, the guy who was crying when his little pit thing died. Yeah, the little pig man who was in the. Yeah. That's not a Bantha. Banthas are are the, are the things that the sand people ride. You're right. I'm what sorry. is what is that thing called? I don't remember. It's not the Sarlacc. Played a big part in that Boba Fett show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he trained one and rode it around. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. But I had that guy. Yeah. There, there was this kid I knew growing up when I was about six to eight. Lived down the street from me. His name was Aaron. And he was, uh, he was basically an only kid. And his parents were older, but his he had a way older brother who was like in college when we were like in fourth grade. And his older brother had all left behind all the like original Star Wars toys. Whoa. Including an Adat. It was pretty, pretty sick. That was like the ultimate. The Adat. And then the, uh, did you know anybody who had the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier? No, I did not. I had the uh, the jet. The jet? Yeah. The, the, the G.I. Joe jet. You were just telling me you didn't have any toys. I forgot about that one yeah. until just now. I had it. Yeah, that's pretty sick. I had was, the, uh, it was awesome. I had the Batcave. That was like three tiers and it had a place for the to park the car and you could turn it. And this was like George Clooney, Schumacher era Batman. Oh. Yeah. Um, I remember one Christmas I wanted the Batwing from the Tim Burton oh, 1989 yeah. version. Um, and that Christmas, I think that was like the jingle all the way Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, that that was the hot toy. That was the that hot was toy. The Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah. What was, uh, what was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad? What was the character they were after in that movie? Like Turbo Man. Turbo Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I uh, I did not get the Batwing. I got a knockoff. Who would win in a fight, Batwing or Turtlecopter? Turtlecopter had the punching action. Uh, Batwing. Sorry. Oh, okay. Has missiles, I guess, like grappling hooks. It had actual missiles. Non-lethal missiles. Uh, no, they were lethal. Like, if he would have hit the Joker, they would have killed him. But he intentionally launched missiles to miss him, I guess. Yeah. Well, he doesn't want to kill people. He just wants to put them in a really abusive psych ward. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, I was going to make a segue from Star Wars, but we're past Star Wars. So um, how, do we, how do you make a segue from uh, Batman and the well, Joker? I want to tell you, since we're talking about Batman, I want to tell you about this crazy clip I saw online. I got to show you later. Um, Harley Quinn. You know, a uh, famous Batman character invented for the animated show. Yes. Um, Greatest after school show of all time. One of the writers on that show previously had written for a um, a sitcom or not a sitcom, a, a, a what do you call those? Soap opera. Had written for like a, a, a cheesy yeah. soap opera. I forget which one. And he did this uh, episode where... There was, it was like the whole episode was a dream sequence about this like medieval kind of Renaissance fair-esque, real cheesy low production quality storyline. And the main character was this uh, jester girl 
and it's basically Harley Quinn. And then when he was working on Batman, he got her to come voice uh, Harley Quinn. So, oh wow, it's uh, it's like proto Harley Quinn. It's real creepy and weird. And so uh, Harley Quinn was 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 like born in, in a, a soap opera, daytime soap opera, a daytime soap opera from the mid eighties. Yeah, um, it's it was pretty it's pretty gnarly. So anyway, I gotta show you that clip later. Yeah, I need to see it. Everybody at home, just Google that. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Use your Google machines. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about some aliens. Let's talk about the uh, most unique and uh, creative movie title of all time. Escape from Planet Earth. It's kind of That's a throwback it. to the, to the yeah. retro. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of a 1950s um, movie title. Not really a 1950s type of movie, though. They kind of were the 1950s type of alien. Kind of, they were kind of borrowing that aesthetic just a little bit. Like that's probably where they started at. Yeah, they got further away from. Yeah, maybe it started off as like, "Hey, we're going to do this retro alien thing," and then it uh, turned into this. There was that brief moment at the drive-through theater. Mm-hmm. Where they're actually showing a, a 1950s sci-fi movie. Right. Um, and then there's like that. Uh, and it was in black and white, but the people were wearing the red and blue uh, filtering glasses, which is not how that works. That does not work in black and white. No. Well, they were wearing the glasses, but I, I, I don't think that the movie was in 3D. Yes, it was not. Um, all right. So the movie starts off. Do you want to do like opening thoughts on the movie? Like what, what were your, did your kids watch it with you? Did you watch it by yourself? My kids did not watch it with me. I watched it by myself. So did I. Um, we were actually supposed to watch something else that was, uh, um, Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. We were supposed to watch the first Puss in Boots in honor of the sequel that just came out. But, uh, apparently in honor of the sequel that just came out and a lot of people wanting to watch the original, they took it off all the streamers and you have to buy it now. And it was on... I watched it like last week. It twice. was on stream. Yeah, because Maddie watched it just like two weeks ago. And we were going to watch it last night. And I was like, all right, kids, let's watch Puss in Boots. And they're like, yay, let's do that. That sounds wonderful. Come on, father. Let us cuddle. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't available for streaming. Yeah, I know, I've noticed that with a couple movies here recently where like a sequel came out and they took the original... Oh, Knives Out, because the sequel just came out on Netflix. So they got rid of the... So they got rid of, like, right when it came out, they removed the first one from all the streamers, and you had to... you And then it was, like, the top movie on iTunes. Oh. What? That's dumb. I guess, well, I guess you gotta make your money. Yeah, you gotta make your money by... Capitalism. Yeah, way to crush dreams, though. Yeah, there's a lot of capitalism in this movie. Yeah, it's about America. Well, well, even the aliens are putting like the the guy the um the buff alien. What's it? Scorch. He's got like sponsorship deals and is on the cover of weedy boxes. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So, so we start off um, on a mission. So there's some kind of mission. Uh, we see Scorch. He's like this big buff. Astronaut hero type alien. He's basically Blue Buzz Lightyear. He's Blue Buzz Lightyear. Blue Buzz. They should have called him Blue Buzz, but his name is Scorch. Um, 
and he's on a planet uh, going to find babies. Yes. Um, babies of their race. Uh, you know, eight, eight swaddled babies. And um, we cut to Mission Control, and it's his brother, Gary Supernova. Yes. Um, who is this little, he's much smaller. He's just kind of, uh, you figure out later that he's supposed to be this nerdy character. Um, but he Voiced doesn't. by Rob Corddry. He doesn't come off as nerdy. He comes on off as average. Average. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to like show like his contribution to the mission. He via, basically saves the mission over and over again. But not really in any way. Like, he tells him when to shoot his grappling hook like a hero who doesn't know when to shoot his own damn grappling hook. Well, apparently uh, Scorch doesn't know. I don't know. It seemed like a pretty big stretch. I will say that the action sequences in this movie are not very compelling. Here's my overall arching thought on this movie. You're a designer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when everything's bold... Nothing's bold. Mm -hmm. You know, when everybody's screaming, nothing's screaming. Yeah. That's how this movie is. Every scene is doing something to the maximum level. Yeah. And it's all, it's all kind of at the same level and it's all kind of at the average level. Like, yeah, the action scenes are, are meh. The jokes are very meh. Like there's several fart jokes. A lot of fart jokes. I mean, it's, you know, obviously we're, you and I are not the intended audience, but, um, you know, they're also not like over the top, silly, funny yeah. to where kids would laugh at it. The, the, the bit of like guy steps on shovel and it hits him in the face and then he falls down and fart. They do that exact same joke three times. Yeah, it's pretty lazy writing, <laughs> to be honest. And, and it's like, oh, is it a callback? Is it like, oh, it's funny that it keeps happening over and over? No, it's not. It's just... It's not. It's it's You're like, uh, oh, okay, that happened again. And you know what? I, and any uh, people out there who are thinking about making children's movies or, uh, you know, animated movies, it's okay for them to be... 60 minutes long. How long was this movie? This movie was 90 minutes long. This, yeah, this was about, a very... They could have cut out a good 20 minutes of it, and it would, be, it would be totally fine. It's like, there was a lot of it that they just threw in there, it seemed like. I, I was really proud of myself for not falling asleep. Me too. I... um my phone died and I stopped taking notes like uh, toward the end, but I was, I hadn't taken a note in a while. <laughs> oh, you know what? I just realized you watched this movie with subtitles, didn't you? Mm -hmm. So you can't really judge the voice acting. Well, I can, I can hear it. Um, okay. But I can't, if they're talking low, I can't really hear it, but no one really talked low in this movie. Oh, okay. Um, so Scorch saves the babies. Um, you never really go into why the babies were taken in the first place. I guess this rate, this planet they were on, like uh, the aliens eat babies. Yeah, there was a lot of peril there. There was, there was peril, um, but Scorch gets back and uh, Scorch is the hero. Um, and he gets all the accolades. He gets Huge media star gets a, yeah, he's a, the TV's all over him. Everyone's interviewing him. 
Just big crowd there yeah. welcoming welcoming him back. And Gary, you know, he's in the background. Nobody really gives him any credit. Mm-hmm. And he's okay with that. Yeah, everybody thinks he's a nerd. And then they do this, like, pecking on a keyboard motion. Go, bloop, 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 yeah, bloop, 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 bloop. Gary and computer nerd. And, and uh, this planet that they're on... A large part of their economy and a large large part of their social and like makeup and a large part of their media seems to be all circling around space exploration and specifically this one guy. Yeah, Scorch. Scorch. The media is reporting on Scorch 24-7. And they don't go... His girlfriend is the reporter. Right. And voiced by Sophia Vergara. Yeah. Vergara, is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, but that's about all they go into their planet. Like, they don't really show any of the planet or, like, what's like what's it like there. Yeah. There's it's the just, part where Gary goes to his house, and it's this very, like, 1950s suburban-esque. Yeah, it's uh, kind of cool. futurism house. It's cool. You expect him to have a nicer house. He's like the head of mission control for the most well, important not, part of this. He's planet. not the head. He's just in charge of his brother's missions. The head yeah. of mission control will get to oh, later. Yeah, she's the evil lady. Um, but he really, really, he Gary just goes to his house and watches Scorch's next mission on TV. So you don't really get any. Uh, well, he goes to watch his next mission on TV because he's mad at him. He tells him he doesn't want him to go. Because mm-hmm. as soon as he lands from this baby mission, they're immediately like, you have yeah. one hour until your next mission. You're going to the dark planet. The dark planet. And Nobody it, has ever returned from the dark planet. Yeah. And pretty much immediately they tell you that it's Earth. Yes. The dark planet. Um, yes. And they go through. And the brother's like, no, you're not going. There's no way you're going to go. I can't, I can't back you up on this. You're going to die. It's a, it's a fool's errand. Yes. He didn't use those words, fool's errand, but Yeah. He grabbed him by the collar and said, It's a fool's errand. Don't do it. Um but Um Scorch being the hero wants to go. He wants to put himself in danger. So they get in a fight and he quits. Gary quits and then Scorch is like, You can't quit, I fire you. Right. Um So they there's like this little video where they describe Earth. Yes. And it's full of Simon Cowell jokes. Yes. Like, well, the guy voicing it is um, the 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 British computer. Yeah. So, so there's a talking AI computer thing throughout the movie, voiced by Ricky Gervais. Yeah, Ricky Gervais, which yeah. he's pretty funny. I mean, he's Ricky Gervais, so he's he says some his lines aren't funny, but his deliveries are funny. Right. Um, How did this movie have such a stacked cast? And then just it's like it I, I think every oblivion. every I've never heard of this movie. Every animated movie has a stacked cast now. This wasn't even now. This was thirteen years ago. That was kind of the height of it, though. I feel like yeah, yeah. it had Brendan Fraser, Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker, Jessica Alba, Rob Corddry, Ricky Gervais, Sofia Vergara, and then. Oh, but then it had William Shatner. Bill Hader is in it. Caitlin Olsen, Bob Bergen, Steve Zahn, Chris Parnell, George Lopez, Craig Robinson. 
It, oh, um, Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch is in it, and her character mostly growls and has like three lines. Yeah, it's like and Bill Hader is in it uncredited. I recognize Bill Hader's voice as doing like the announcements in the army base, and I was like, "That's got to be Bill yeah, Hader." Bill Hader is always funny. Yeah. Um, we uh, June has been into the uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs movies. Oh, nice! Those are really funny. Yeah. The first one is at least the second one's pretty good too, but Bill Hader is really, really funny in those. Maybe we should do those sometime. Uh, what does June think of Barry? There's actually a character in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2 named Barry. Oh, really? He's a little strawberry. Oh, that's cute. Um, June's never watched Barry, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. She needs to get on that. Um, but she's a big fan of his Stefan character from Weekend Update. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay. Um, then we went to... Uh, so, yeah, so he goes to Earth, right? Yes. Yeah, Scorch we, goes to Earth without Gary. Without uh, Gary. Yeah, having his back. He immediately... Oh, we got to go into the son drama. So, like, Gary's, oh. got a, Gary's got a son, and his son thinks Uncle Scorch is just so cool. And he wants and to be just a, like him. There's a pretty sweet moment where he tells him, he's like, Oh, if I don't come back, you got to come rescue me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That'll come into play later. It does. Yeah. That's why, that's why I made sure to mention it. Um, you're the one with the notes. I, yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, Gary's watching the broadcast on TV. Um, so Scorch goes to earth. He, the first thing he sees in his, is a seven 11. He has a little interaction with the blow up, like, you know, the, the blow up guy. Yes. Um, what do you call those? Wavy arm. The, wave, the wavy arm car dealership man, which I've never seen in front of a 7-Eleven. But no. 7-Eleven had heavy product placement in this movie. There are multiple scenes. Slurpees, 7-Eleven, um, full logo. I mean. Yeah. I um, love a good 7-Eleven. I do, too. I visit 7-Eleven. I enjoyed the 7-Eleven. I enjoyed that it was an actual, like, a real place. Uh, but he immediately gets captured. Immediately gets captured, yes. There's no exploring at all. Nope. He waves his arm at the wavy arm guy and then gets a dart in his back. <laughs> yes. Um, and, he's, and all the army men are wearing, like, hazmat suits. Yeah. And then there is one mega ultra bad guy wearing like a suit yes and his name is something shanker shanker who voices shanker shatner william shatner william shatner that's right uh big names in this movie big Big names. names and william shatner has a pretty big part in this it's not just a cameo he's all up in this movie he's yeah, like the he's, main bad guy he's the main bad guy um, so this has all been, and William Shatner does a, does a good, like a really good job, but yeah. he's not, he, he didn't phone it in. He doesn't. He, and he doesn't do like over the top William Shatner voice. No, I, I he's not Shatner. He's not parodying himself. He's actually playing it straight. Um, as straight as William Shatner can, but yeah, he does a great job. So all this is broadcast on live TV. Everybody on the planet sees Scorch get captured yes. uh, and they report him as dead immediately, uh, immediately. they're immediately. like we have to assume he's dead I'm like why yeah. why do you have to assume he's dead um but um kip is it kip 
Yeah. The brother Kip. Kip is Gary's son. So Kip decides he has to go after Scorch because Scorch told him, like, if I get captured, you. Oh, I does before he gets captured while he's still being broadcast on TV. There's a great moment. This is one of the best moments in the movie where the, where, where Gary's wife, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is like, Oh, what he, what can he give Kip that you can't? You know, you're his dad. He'll love you no matter what. He can't give him anything. And then, like on national TV, he plants a flag on Earth and says, "Like I claim this as I dedicate this planet to Kip." Yeah, and, <laughs> like oh, I got my own planet. Yeah, uh, that was pretty good. That was like the only joke that made me go, "Huh." Yeah. Other than that, I watched the whole movie in silence with a straight face. Me too. Me too. But that one scene, I went, "Huh." Um, there were there were a couple of uh, computer moments that made me go, huh, huh, Um, so Kip runs off, runs away to go to BASA, which is their NASA. Mm-hmm. Uh, because their oh, their planet's name is Bob. Bob B A A B. Yeah. Um, I know that only because I had the subtitles on. Okay, I thought it was B-O-B. Well, it's pronounced B-O-B, but it's B-A-A-B. So Kip goes and gets in a ship. uh, Bassa has no security, apparently. Apparently not, yeah. Like, a kid can just go jump into a a rocket ship and uh, initiate launch sequence. Um, But the parents, you find out at this point that um, Gary's wife used to be a test pilot. Yes. Um, She's much braver than he is. Um, They go off to rescue Kip. They get there and... Via rocket boots. Via rocket boots. uh, In another uh, meaningless... Very long boring scene. It didn't need to happen. Didn't need to happen. Wasn't exciting. Every every scene starting at this point is at a 10. Just like this was an action-packed scene of them weaving in and out of crazy space traffic... Yes. And I like, don't know why they have to obey the rules of roads. The roads are just in the middle of the sky. Like, I don't see why they can't just, I don't know. There would be chaos. But it was just like, you know, he's bumping his head on things. She throws him over a truck and she goes under a truck. And it's just like, you're, you're just fly like a thousand feet over how, everything. How did, how are you getting there so fast? But your son, I guess, how did he get there? How did, how did he get there so fast? How did he get there he faster? Didn't, he doesn't have rocket boots. Well, they didn't They didn't really go into that. Or, unless he'd been gone for hours and they didn't notice. I don't know. Yeah. I love, I love when the dad is having this heart-to-heart talk uh, with the lump under on the bed. And he's like, it's okay. Well, something, blah, blah, blah. And then he pulls back the covers and this it's a dog-ish like. Mm-hmm. thing and the sun's not there and then he goes to the window and the window's open like you've been sitting in this room for seven <laughs> minutes <laughs> you just now notice the breeze uh, like Gary's not a great dad or yeah like Kip sees his uncle presumably killed on live TV his uncle that he's very close to um, and Gary tells him to go to his room yeah he's like go to your room I gotta figure this out um, the, the whole the whole planet just lost their hope. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, starting at this moment, this just this car scene of like the wife with the rocket boots holding Gary going through 
all this traffic. It was just so long. It was just, uh, there was no buildup. It was just like um, time waster. Yeah, it was time waster. It, it, it held. It prevented the story from moving forward. The there's visuals. several minute, There are several moments like that. Like uh, this they, is, yeah. even after they get they get to Bassa, they there's a a sequence where you know launch sequences started and they try to stop it and you think they're going to take off but it ends up they don't take off the the mom and kip get out of the get out of the rocket and then gary all of a sudden decides hey i'm going to go by myself and rescue my brother i think he really did it on accident no, he made a decision. He made a decision, but you don't know. I, you I don't know that, why. You don't know why he changed his mind because he's kind of a coward up until no, then. No, he's telling. He's arguing with Ricky Gervais, and he's like, "No, I said no." He's like, "No, you said yeah. no." But then after that sequence, he finally shuts it down, mm-hmm. and then the mom and Kip get out of the vehicle or get out of the rocket, and then he's like, "I'm gonna go get my brother." Yeah, I guess that was some heroism. In and him. that was like, yeah, you're right. But anyway, I just I, I guess just he felt. I guess he was. This. I guess he was embarrassed that his son was brave enough to go get him, and he wasn't. So yeah. Anyway, and then he goes to Earth. Goes to Earth, and it's important that he left his wife and child behind in this completely empty Bassa facility. Yeah, and he uh, immediately crash lands. Right, right, um, right another thing that made moment. me chuckle a little bit was he crashes through signs that say Area 48, Area 49, yeah. Area 50, and then he crashes at Area 51. And he does go through a um, the screen that I was talking about, the uh, the drive-in movie theater screen. The This annoying girl's like, I thought this movie was in 3D, and then boom, he crashes through it. Yeah, it was a bad joke. Yeah. A bad joke that you could see a... You could, you knew it was have coming. Have you ever been to a drive-in movie theater? Yeah, I, I love have. it. I, I bet there's a lot of drive-ins out by where you grew up. Um, there was my first memory of a movie was at a drive-in. It was Superman, one of the Superman movies. It wasn't the original Superman with Christopher Reeve, but I think it was like two or three. A Christopher Reeve Superman. Yeah. It wasn't four though, was it? <clears throat> no, it, it was probably three. Okay. Um. I went and saw a double feature, and I forget what the first movie was. I was very young, but the second movie was Tommy Boy, and my parents were loving it, and they're like, don't look. <laughs> don't <laughs> stop looking at this part. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um. So he crashes. His pod self-destructs um, against his will. He doesn't know why yeah. it self-destructs. It's not supposed to. Well, Ricky Gervais is controlling it. Yeah, Ricky Gervais is the computer. He's all computers, apparently. Yes. Um, they're, they may be all networked. All BASA computers. All BASA computers. Um, let's see. So then we cut. See, he crashes. It self-destructs. Then we cut to Scorch. He's in the government facility with um, General Shanker. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find, they cut uh, Scorch's suit open and they find Blubonium. Bluebonium, which is the only substance that is powerful enough to power this giant gun that, uh, yeah, that, that they're building. Um, it's like uh, an infinite power source the size of a glowing blue marble, mm-hmm. like all power sources. Um, 
And then, but Scorch doesn't know how it got there. He, no, he doesn't smuggled it in. His didn't suit. know it was there. Um, so then Gary, uh, goes into the seven 11. Um, there's two guys in there. It's like, uh, Bill and Ted type characters. I thought they were, uh, trying to be Jay and Silent Bob knockoffs. Oh, maybe so. Yeah. They're hanging out at a gas station. They're hanging out at a seven 11. Um, but they give him a Slurpee, uh, yeah. as a peace offering. Yes. Um, in a, the whole scene was designed only as a product placement for Slurpee. Man, it really made me want a Slurpee it did, too. It made me too. The blue Slurpee, it was really, yeah, it looked really good. You know, there used to be a Diet Coke Slurpee. And, uh, yeah. Diet Coke. Why? I mean, if you're going to have a Slurpee, well, just was, go for Coke. Well, it was, there was no sugar in it. So people on a diet could have it. I guess so. I wish they'd bring that back because I'm on a diet. I used to get, uh, Coke mixed with pina colada. It was good. Oh, that does sound good. If you got pina colada. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I, love a, I love a good Slurpee. I love a Coke Slurpee. Yeah. Slurpee I and peanut too. M&Ms at the movie. Heck yeah. Um. So after Gary uh, drinks the Slurpee, he immediately also gets captured. <laughs> immediately gets captured, yes. Um, there's a lot of, lot of that where just stuff just happens immediately. There's not many locations like. Well, they know they know they're gonna get, um, or the the humans know. Like they've got a. They know that Scorch is gonna be there. They, they make a they make a joke. They're like, "What is it with aliens in this desolate Seven Eleven in the middle of a desert?" Yeah, yeah, but it's at Area Fifty One. It is at Area Fifty One. Um, and then you you find out. Uh, I did think that the undercover vehicles from Area 51 were pretty funny. There yes, were 51 flavors of ice cream. Yes, ice cream trucks. Ice cream trucks. Um, and then the orientation video is pretty funny that they make him watch. It was like yes. 1950s style. Educational um, video. Educational video. Classroom. Uh, but it was kind of explaining that there's a lot of different alien life forms that get brought here. Mm. Uh, so it kind of sets you up for the rest of the movie it's okay to shake hands but no death rays yeah so that that part was pretty clever pretty funny and i yeah i'm with you i I have a feeling that the whole movie was kind of supposed to be a little more a little more like that style yeah um all aliens speak english which i think is fine yeah i mean it surely makes the surely shortcuts the the yeah i mean you couldn't really do it any other way with the kids movie but um so, um, and then we find out that General Shanker is in cahoots with the head of mission control on Planet Bob. Yes, voiced by Jessica Alba. Yes. Um, she sent the the blue bonium because she's in love with Shanker. Yes. Because he wears a Elvis wig whenever he talks to her. And they're going to rule another 50s thing. It's got that big old pompadour. Yeah. Um, so they're going to rule the galaxy together using the blue bonium to power a giant... Death Ray, basically Star Wars. Yeah, it's it's the He's, Death Star. It's the Death Star. He's got a Death Star gun. That's, Uses it to blow up Haley's comet. Yeah, poor thing. Um, then you but you figure out you you didn't find out. There's a lot of exposition during this part. Yes, uh, you find out uh, through some of the aliens that are in jail with Gary. Now the aliens are voiced by Jane Lynch. Yep. Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson. George Lopez. George Lopez. So I'm like, finally, we're going to get some... Some comedy. Some levity in this. 
Finally, something to look forward to. George Lopez was funny in 2012. He's a hack now who's been shunned from the industry. But, uh, man, it was not good. Not not <laughs> no, good writing. None of, no, they, were, they didn't say any jokes. They just said normal lines in funny ways. Yeah, it was just George Lopez delivering lines yeah, uh, of exposition. Yeah, he was a three-eyed slug. Craig Robinson delivering lines of exposition. Jane Lynch grunting. Yeah, Jane Lynch really underutilized in this movie. Comedy legend, one of the funniest people to ever walk the planet. And she in, literally has in three two, lines in this whole movie. In in 2012, she was probably a high commodity. Yeah. Like, after role, well, I don't know when role models came out, but couldn't have been too far before that. She had that TV show, wasn't she on that, like that Fox TV show? Probably. Uh, oh, yeah, um. About the Glee Club? Glee. Yeah. Glee. <laughs> she was in Glee. So. Yeah, she was She was big. Improv, comedic legend, Jane Lynch. She was big, and she was not used well. No. Uh, none of them were. Uh, but you figure out that Shanker has captured all the smartest aliens, um, steals their tech, and sells it um, mm-hmm. on Earth. They invented touchscreens and the internet. And social and, media. And Jane Lynch. Uh, was a librarian who got tired of looking things up for people, so she invented Google. Yeah, yep. And then, and then this this uh, William Shatner's character Shanker has been making a fortune off selling their inventions to tech companies. And there's like all these like pictures of him with Steve Jobs and Wozniak. And yeah, I totally missed that part. Actually, oh, I really? don't know. I don't know what I was looking at, but but yeah, they, the they, they did this quick montage of all these pictures of him with famous tech guys, and uh, yeah, so that was cool. That's and, pretty clever. And, and then they should, and then they uh, say he even invented um, at animation, and there's like a picture of him with, at Pixar, and it says Pixar on it. Oh, wow. How'd they like, get away with that? That was pretty weird because this is an animated movie that's not Pixar. Yeah, it's Sony Animation. Yeah, it's from the Weinstein Company is the yeah. logo I saw at the beginning. So I just thought it was funny. They tried to take a dig at Pixar, but it wasn't funny. It was actually kind of like giving them credit for inventing yeah. computer animation. Yeah, you're like, oh, man, I wish I was watching a Pixar movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just want to go turn on Toy Story after this. <laughs> um, so then we cut back to Bassa. On Planet yeah. Bob and Lena and the kid, um, or not Lena, Gary's wife and the kid discover that Lena, who is the uh, head of Bassa, is bad. Yes. She, so they discover that um, that sets off a whole other story arc that I do not care about. Well, there's, a, <laughs> there's this weird little dig where there's like this weird tension between the two because now now the two females are going to be rivals right so one of the so the um gary's wife sarah jessica parker quit being the quit quit being a, a test pilot mm-hmm. and um wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and now jessica alba's character lena like apparently is like in charge of bassa yeah and just like is mad at her for her having trying to be a stay at home mom. Yeah. And then there's this weird, like women can't do it all attitude. Like, go, cause it comes back up later in the movie. It's like, it's like, she's mad. I don't know. It's, it's like, very fifties. Also like 1950s. Like if you're going to be a career woman, you can't have a kid. And if you have a kid, you can't be a career woman. 
and she like they get in a fight later and she's like ah stay at home moms can kick a little bud ha 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 right and it's just like this like, is this part this whole thing doesn't need to be in the movie like no that whole this isn't resonating with parents or five-year-olds that are like that are ostensibly watching this movie no no <laughs> but apparently they were rivals i guess i guess they were rival pilot i don't know i don't get it I didn't. Uh, they both have asymmetrical haircuts, so uh, they both have the exact same haircut. So yeah, it was very. Apart. It was very confusing. You you just had to keep track of what they were wearing. Yeah. Um, well, the evil one had the big evil collar, uh, like a like yeah. a vampire esque collar situation. But that was a. I mean, that was just a very uh, nothing storyline that they yeah. again that they threw in. This should have been. This could have been a 30 minute episode of television. Oh, yeah. Easily. Um, it's kind of the most generic plot you can think of. Like, it's like, it's, there's really nothing too unique about it. Um, well, we don't, we don't review good movies. Well, we didn't know this was going to be bad. I guess yeah. we could have looked at IMDb. How we found this movie is I, I didn't. I, I was waiting for some medicine at Walgreens and they had a bin that was like seven ninety nine movies. And I was like, oh, I bet there's some trash in here. First movie I picked up was this movie. And I was like, oh yeah, this looks like trash. And I sent a picture of it to Curtis. Seven ninety nine is pretty expensive. Yeah. yeah. I also noticed that uh, the packaging was in French. Oh, I, I didn't <laughs> notice that. <laughs> um, so I maybe Curtis it's just like, we're not watching that garbage. We're watching Puss in Boots. And then Puss in Boots wasn't streaming. Well, yeah, I'm not paying. I'm not paying five dollars to rent a movie that I watched twice last week. <laughs> yeah. Should have taken notes when I watched it. Um, let's see. I do like uh, the little gray aliens. The little gray aliens that are always levitating stuff, and they, they end up they, being the cook, like the the line cooks in the cafeteria yeah. at the at Area Fifty One. Um. That's pretty good gags, but it was just them levitating stuff all yes. the time. We'll come back to them later. We will. Um, so Shanker made the aliens build the gun. You figure out. Um, and he told them if they build the gun, once they finish building the gun, once it's ready and powered, they're going to get to go free. Yes. Um, so they're trying to finish it. The Blubonium is going to power it. Um. They get the Blubonium in there. He blows up Haley's Comet. Um, and they're all celebrating because they think they're going to get to go home. Um, but then Scorch goes in hero style and breaks it. Breaks the gun. Um, everyone's mad at him. Gary decides. Let's see. Um, Gary says he's not going to fix it. Um so then uh, they end up putting Scorch in a freezing. Some kind of back to tank. Back to tank freeze uh, thing. Um, and then Gary just changes his mind again and decides to, that he's going to fix the Bluebonium mm-hmm. uh, container. But he puts a trap in there. Dun, dun, dun. He fixes it, but then he puts this little piece of paper in that's sticking out. Folded up Polaroid picture of his family. Yeah. And he puts a little picture on it so that um, um, we'll come back to that later, I guess. Kip 
Um, let's see. Oh, you figure out it has a flashback to why Shanker is doing all this, why he wants to blow up alien planets. Yeah, uh, and it was pretty dumb. It's like his dad, he was with his dad looking through a telescope and aliens came and... His dad got crushed by a UFO. Crushed by a UFO. Um, Yeah, just like, there's so much stuff in this movie that is just throwaway stuff. And it's just like every every scene is so maximum. Like, they, they do this whole cutback and they're, the whole thing with the aliens crash landing and crushing his dad. It's just like... But it's it's maximum where it's like a ton of buildup and then the payoff is like, oh, Gary changes his mind and he's going to go save. He's going to go anyway. Or the dad just gets immediately crushed by a yeah, and, UFO. And like the scene where the, and, and like that's right after this scene where Scorch gets frozen and it's really played for this big emotional like and sequence and. I don't know. I don't know. I, and, and and like at first, like it's it's all it's trying to go for laughs with like the freezing gel is rising too slow, and he's like, "Oh, I guess I got time for more goodbyes." And this, they're just trying real hard to like get all these laughs in, and then they're immediately trying real hard to get in this sentimentalness to it. It's I don't know. I don't know. It's just too much for it's me. It's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it's a very uneven movie. Um, the it, it almost makes me nauseous. The pacing. The pacing. Yeah, the pacing was bad. Um, and it's okay for kids' movies to be over the top. They should be. But there has to be like a certain like yeah, pacing and cadence to it. It can't all be up here. Yeah. Um, you're right. You're right. Um, so you find out Shanker's going to blow up all the alien planets uh, because of what happened to his dad. Um. Starting with Bob. Starting with Bob. Uh, so then we cut back to the Kip and his mom storyline. Kip yeah. rescues his mom, who's been trapped with this blast tape. Um, sets off a big, pointless uh, action sequence. Um, but I don't really know what happened. I don't remember what happened. But um, Gary. Then we cut back to uh, Gary who has fixed the blue bonium shanker's about to use the gun. He sees this little piece of paper. He pulls it out and it sets off like this, uh, Rube, Rube Goldberg, Goldberg machine. machine inside this tiny Rube Goldberg machine inside of the, uh, it's kind of like a pinball, the blue bonium with a little ball. And then it, um, what did it, it broke it. I can't remember how it broke it, but it broke it. <laughs> it broke it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember how it broke it? Did it, it like explode? It. I don't, it didn't, I don't know. think it exploded. I it think it broke. just like broke and it wouldn't work anymore. Um, so then we go into the whole escape sequence that my mind just completely shut off. It was also very late. It was so long. It was so long. It was so long. Um, and at the same time, it's cutting back and forth between like the mom, between Sarah Jessica Parker and Jessica Alba fighting. Yeah. And it was just like this action sequence cutting to this action sequence. And it was all just they, kind of. They, they fly the ship. The, they, the, they get the ship, the ship that Scorch came on, and they're flying it through the Grand Canyon. And um, they're being chased by 
top gun or whatever mm-hmm. and uh they get hit and they lose steering but the sun can remote control the steering from BAFTA which is established earlier in the movie that this can be done and so then the sun is having to steer them to safety and then they uh crash land by a trailer park and that is where oh no the trailer park was first that's how they got the ship yeah, it was cloaked as a trailer. It was cloaked as a trailer. Oh, yeah. So I skipped the whole trailer park scene. So, yeah, the guys from the Jane Silent Bob from 7-Eleven come back because they, they go. he cloaked it as a trailer at a trailer park. And they can't find it. And he's, was that ever established earlier? I don't know. I don't remember it. It was not. Okay. And Scorch was going just like popping in all these trailers and people were screaming, ah, I'm getting dressed in here, you know. And uh, he didn't know which one was the ship. And then so Jane Slant Bob yelled tornado alert and everybody like packed in and ran inside real quick and put all their lawn chairs and coolers inside. And then the one um, trailer that still had junk in the yard, that's how they knew yeah. it was theirs. But it it had a giant sign that said uh, Scorchio's cereal, which is his sponsor. <laughs> yeah, and had arrows pointing to it. Um, and also, like nobody, there's no tornadoes. It was beautiful, bright, sunny day. It's in Nevada. Like Area 51's in Nevada. There's no was, there's no tornadoes in Nevada. A, it was it was such a cheap joke. And yeah, they weren't in Oklahoma. Yeah, or you know Texas. They weren't in Tornado Alley. They're in the desert. And um, anyway, and then then they got on the ship, and then they did the Grand Canyon chase. My note is the escape is very long. <laughs> the escape was very long. Uh, they got hit. Yeah, they did the remote control thing. And then the the three the three you, gray aliens that were doing. Well, you think they're going to get away, and you yeah. think finally it's over. The movie's about to be over, and then Shanker comes flying in, uh, scorches uh, spacesuit. With a big tractor oh, beam. Oh, yeah. Um, Gary has to decide. He decides he's going to sacrifice himself. This is the emotional climax of the movie here, people. Pay it attention. is. This is what we've been building up to. He jumps. He's going to be a true hero. Jumps onto. He's like, only a true hero could do this. And his brother's like, surely you can't ask this of me. And he's like, I'm not. And then he jumps through a tractor beam. Onto uh, Shanker. And Gary is such a weak nerd that he can't he can't overpower Shanker. So Scorch has to end up doing it anyway. Yeah. So he jumps in to help Gary. Uh, They get they depower the suit. They all start falling. There's a good brother moment where they, you know, figure out that they really love and appreciate each other as they're falling to their death. And then the gray aliens, uh, are there at the earth to levitate them and save them all. And then it turns out the gray aliens can talk and that they're the Beatles. Yeah. They're from Liverpool. At least (laughs) I don't know if they're the Beatles, but they're from Liverpool doing Beatles, 60s Beatles (laughs) impressions. There's only three of them. There's there's only three of them, which is why I like, and they don't, you know, but they're, they're clearly, there's, there's clearly doing a John Lennon and Ringo Starr and, um, Paul McCartney impression, like yeah. not, not even a, an accent, straight up impression. Yeah. So it's very heavy Liverpool accent. Um, but specifically, yes, people would recognize them as the Beatles. Um, so I guess you're supposed to think that they're the Beatles. Yeah, I guess. Um, 
And then, and then my only other note is they all go home. <laughs> I think I was done by that time. They all go home, and then and then uh, Scorch marries Sofia Vergara, and yeah. and uh, Gary's kid Kip, um, and now uh, Gary is his hero. Yeah, he wants to be in Mission Control like his dad now. And you know what? We missed a whole food fight scene. The, the part where they're in prison that was intentional was, during that scene i was like what are like why is this movie happening the, yeah there's a part <laughs> where they're in prison and they go to the the alien cafeteria there's weird alien foods and then the then there's a food fight breaks out yeah anyway, we missed that part <laughs> yeah i think we covered the rest of it pretty well yeah um final thoughts sean did you enjoy the movie? You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing a new segment after we review the movie about lessons we've learned. And I think the lesson I've learned here is that even in a kid's movie, things can't just be at an 11 all the time. Yeah. You have, you have to... You still have to know how to craft a movie. You still have to let the story build and... Um, there can't be a background joke in the background of every scene. There can't be, I mean, those like those like the two guys in the Seven Eleven. Th- they didn't do anything wrong, but their character design was such a joke. Like the fat guy lifting up his arms, seeing his big old belly hanging out, and the the way they were talking, it, it was this real exaggerated, dumb kind of stonery way, and um, then. You know, when he gets a brain freeze, the, um, the, uh, like animation of like, oh, zooming on his brain and it's shaking and it's freezing cold and he's like flipping out. It's just like that scene could just be at a six or a seven. Like we could just tone these things down and then make the rest of the movie pop, you know? Yeah. It was just not, not every scene needs to be the craziest scene. Yeah. Cause your, your brain eventually just, switches off yeah it's like some of the marvel movies do that to me to yeah. be honest where they're and, like the action sequences are like so involved and intricate and there's so much happening that you can't focus on anything you don't know where your brain's supposed to go that you just like kind of sit there and your brain shuts off the, the, that is why i honestly think i'm not gonna say it's the best marvel movie but one of the, some of the best action fight sequences in any marvel movie are in uh, Doctor Strange and the Ma- Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. There are some crazy scenes where there's a lot going on, but I think Sam Raimi is a great director. And when, like, when they're, when he's pulling the page, the music notes off the page and sending them across the room, the actions are also deliberate. You can clearly see what's going on. It's not just yeah. this blur of color. Yeah. And it, it kind of started with the... Because f- they could just be sitting there shooting laser beams at each other. They're wizards. But they're doing these things that are more intentional and physical. Yeah, it's very focused. Um, yeah, it kind of started with the first Avengers movie, like with the big battle scene, which was very cool at the time because you had never seen anything like that before. Yeah. But it was like just so much happening and you're going from one thing to the next. And then anytime there's a huge battle scene in a Marvel movie, it's like just chaos on the screen to me. Yeah. Um, But uh, that's kind of how this whole movie was. (laughs) This whole movie was just chaos. Uh, I mean, it went into obscurity. Nobody knows this exists. 
I had never heard of it. I thought it was a different movie. I thought it was Monsters vs. Aliens, but it was not. No. Because I had uh, seen that one before, and I actually thought that was pretty good. And I, I think what we've learned, I think we knew this in 2012, and this movie tried to have some of it. But what we really know now is that these big animation movies need to have emotional resonance, that kids do appreciate that. Yeah, kids are emotional beings. And this movie tried to have the whole story with like... The, but it had this. It had a story between the between Gary and his wife, Gary and his brother, Gary and his child, Gary's child and his uncle, and the child. Like there wasn't this wasn't wasn't one central. If it was just at the end, it Gary, tr- at the end it tried to be a brother movie. Yeah, it tried to be a brother movie, but, but only was, at the end. It was too late because it was already a dad son movie, a uncle nephew movie. Yeah, it was mostly just a Gary movie. It was mostly just Gary learns how to be a better version of Gary movie. And that's less interesting. And it was diluted by all the other stuff. Yeah, there was. Yeah, it was, it was trying to have, do I think, too many things. I think, I think, if, I think if I were to rewrite this movie. Um, You're going to have to write a sequel here in a minute. I, I would totally. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. <laughs> I would totally have written Gary I, I would I would have told I would have minimized Scorch Scorch's role in this whole thing. Scorch instead of being a second lead would have been just a, a background character and uh, made it just about the sun and made the sun early on in the movie actually land on Earth and Gary have to like go rescue the sun. Go after the sun. Yeah, would have been a father son movie. Made, made it just about the father-son relationship. Yeah, I think they could have done that, or they could have made it a brother's movie. Yeah. Where, like, Gary goes after his brother and leave, like... And just leave the kid at And, him like, together. the kid and the mom are just at home. Like, you don't... Like, they're kind of background characters after that. Yeah. Um, either one of those things. You could have focused on one relationship. Or just... Straight up, make it an action movie and don't put any sentiment in it. Yeah, try to be all. try to be a comedy. Try to be an action it movie. It was everything. Try to be a sci fi movie. Try to be in a, a family movie. Yeah, it was. It was. It tried to do too much, and it ended up not doing anything. And the lesson that I learned from this movie is that filmmakers of kids movies should not be afraid. They should be allowed to make a, a sixty minute movie. Yeah, yeah. Like their kids' movies don't have to be an hour and a half long. I know that there's some kind of rule in Hollywood where it can't be in theaters if it's less than like 80 minutes or something like that. I don't know if that's still a rule, but I I know it used to be. Like it can't get released in theaters if it's under a certain runtime. Hmm. I didn't know that. Well, let me ask you this: If you were going to write the sequel, what would the sequel be? No, I was going to ask you that. You have to write the sequel this time. I have to write the sequel this time? I like writing the sequel. Good. All right. Um, My sequel would be there There would be no sequel. This movie, I do not I do not believe it got a sequel. So No, it didn't. We're in the clear there. Um, Can I give you a sequel title? Yes. Escape from Planet Bob. Escape from Planet Bob. Okay, I'm going to take that into consideration, but I might not run with it. Okay. How about... Um, I don't know. Do we have the same characters? Are we following the same characters? 
Okay, so Riker was never really dealt with. Or what's his name? Uh, Decker, not Deckard. Uh, uh, Shatner. 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 Scorcher. Shanker. Shanker. <laughs> Shank, pre, so Shanker has now become president of the United States. Yeah, that makes sense. And he's building a moon base. And so now, um, uh, oh, and uh, what's-his-face retires, Scorch retires, and so just uh, Gary is the only man for the job. They're like, you're the one who knows how he works. You know, you've you've dealt with him before, so you've got to go to this moon base and shut down this moon base. Yeah, but then when he gets there, he finds out some personal information about uh scorcher shanker 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 and it makes him think twice i don't know there's something there (laughs) i don't know there's something Um, i I think you got up the stakes a little bit i think i think shanker's the president of the united states and he's building a moon base and yeah i don't know this movie definitely does maybe gary is head of mission control and his son is now the astronaut yeah, yeah. So he and his son have to go. They end up having to go to the moon base to save, well, the universe. Yeah. Um, or, or Sophia Vergara gets kidnapped. Yeah. Riker still wants that plutonium. Yes. It's, it's got to be Riker. It's got to be humans. Shanker. Shanker. It's got to be Shanker. It's got to be humans. Yeah, it's aliens versus Bobonians. Yeah. Um, you got up the stakes. I think you got something there. I think we could do a, a revival. I forgot about this segment. I'll we'll come do prepared it next time. Eleven years later, yeah. do a planet from Escape from Planet Earth sequel. How about this time? Is Escape from New York? Oh, uh, Escape from L.A. Yes, but no, Escape from New York. <laughs> and and it's and he's trying to. Uh, he's on the streets. He somehow gets gets to earth again and he's like in a big city i don't know escape from la is a great movie man i've never seen escape from new york but escape from la is fantastic escape from, escape from new york's classic classic yeah um all right um you want to do some categories awards in honor of the uh, golden uh, globes okay what we'll give you two categories here back to back to think of okay who would you say it's is the best voice actor actress award? Okay. And who would you say from a script standpoint is the best character? All right, best voice actor actress. Um, I'm going to give it to Shatner. Okay. For the voice, I thought he did a good job. You weren't. He wasn't parodying himself. He was the only part of the movie that was not dialed up. And he sounded real mean. He sounded mean, and yeah. he sounded yeah, he sounded good. Yeah, he sounds sinister, but not cartoony. Yeah, uh, he was good. And then, um, what was the second one? Who was From, the best? Who was the best written character? Yeah. Let's see, the best written character. I mean, it was probably, yeah, probably Gary. I mean, he was the star of the movie, yeah. so he had the biggest arc where he started as a computer nerd. Mm-hmm. And kind of reach within himself and become a hero. 
So I, I, I mean, it was his hero's I, journey. So I think we. I think he was poorly written because we were just. Well, I think he was, he was a computer nerd. We I think he was that. poorly written as well. But you told me to pick one character from this movie. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna go with uh, Brendan Fraser playing Scorch as the best. Yeah, voice was, actor. Yeah, he was good. He he played the role well, and uh, I'm gonna say that. Um, Riker, um, Shanker, Shanker, Shanker was the best written <laughs> character. Uh, pretty one dimensional, but there's very little. Very one dimensional. Didn't really mess anything up. I mean, Gary and I guess Gary's wife and kid were the only ones who really had any sort of story arc. But his wife didn't really have a story arc. She was a test pilot, and then she was a stay at home mom, and then she. Combine the two. Person. Yeah. Um, Gary's kid, Kip, had sort of an arc where he didn't respect his dad and then he respected his dad. But that was really because of Gary's arc. You know, it's not that he respected his dad because he changed his mind about like being responsible and mature like his dad. He changed his mind because his dad became reckless and right. heroic. His dad became... Uh, his uncle. <laughs> yeah. he, he he did stuff like his uncle, so then he respected his dad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the story arc was kind of. Yeah, it was like that. It was like you have to become. You can't just be a smart guy. And help out that way, you have to be a hero. Which I guess is the story arc for a lot of. Characters in movies. Just because it cinematically looks cool. Like, if he solved the problem, just, like, typing on a console would have been pretty boring to watch. Yeah, totally. Even even The Matrix is about computer hackers, and they do kung fu. Like... True. (laughs) So... True. If if The Matrix only... If The Matrix point of view camera was only in the present tent, the present and it never went into the matrix. It just showed them like sitting, sitting in their chairs, <laughs> just jo- jostling around. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, this movie could have been 45 minutes. So would you say this is the worst movie we've done? Uh, <laughs> no, that- no. Oh man. There's still forest fairies. Forest fairies was bad. Um, what was the, the Force Fairies was the worst. Would one you say this done. is the f- worst big budget movie we've done? Because this, I mean, these animation films are not cheap to make. This was, and this had huge stars in this it. This had to have lost a lot of money because I don't remember it at all. Yeah, um, and it had huge stars in it, like a like not just two big stars. It had a lot of big stars that they probably had to pay a, a good chunk of money to. Yeah. Um. It's probably the worst uh, big budget movie that we've As far as quality to cost ratio, this is the worst. Yeah, it was just like... Because Forest Fairies was terrible, but it cost two grand. But it was fun to watch. It was filmed on an iPhone 7. It was also kind of fun to watch because it was so bad. It it crossed that barrier into so bad that it was funny. Okay, I got a new segment. Would you rather watch this or Forest Fairies? You have to watch one tonight. I have to watch one again. I'd watch Forest Fairies. Yeah. A, I think it's shorter. B. <laughs> Curtis is a man who values his time. Um, hey, if you're going to make a bad movie, make it short. Yeah, <laughs> um, plus, yeah, Forest Fairies. I think if I watched it with my daughter, she would dig it. And that would be fun to watch. Um, I don't think that June would like Escape from Planet Earth. 
it was just such a like it, you know it's it was weird. such a nothing movie that I don't want to ever watch it again. You know, I've, I've noticed this with these kids' movies, movies that are about the dad or mom, just don't really grab the kids' attention. Well, like, yeah, they can't relate. Yeah, it's just like. I don't know. Like it doesn't have to be about the kid either. Like Toy Story is about the toys, you know. Right. But it, yeah, but it, and the toys relationship to the kid. I mean, but yeah. I mean, kids have a relationship with their toys. So yeah. And then there's like Soul. My kids love Soul. That's really? Not, yeah. I didn't like Soul. <laughs> I was not, like, this movie is too heavy. I don't. I don't like it. It's not a. It's not about a. It's about a grown man, but not a dad. You know. Right. Not about yeah. Yeah, my kids love stuff about teenagers. Oh yeah, that's what they want to watch. Is they want to watch stuff about teenagers. My daughter's been watching this homemade anime on YouTube lately. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. Oh no. Yeah, I don't even think I need to go into like a description. Homemade anime about high school drama. But can you can you imagine like watching a like a Barbie movie that is about Barbie's parents? You know, I I would like that. I would. Yeah. Their parents are boring. <laughs> no, their parents have actually. Their parents are probably their, really their interesting parents people. Are like my role models. The mom is in charge of like IT on a cruise ship. Yeah, at least that's one of her careers. And then the dad, I think, is a real estate guru. In I Malibu, know. I think he is real estate. The story I always told myself is that he bought a lot of Apple stock and sold it at the right time. He might have done that, too. I, I don't know the fact. That's the, that's the story I made up. But they moved from the Midwest. Where did they uh They moved from the Midwest to Malibu. Yeah, they're doing all right. They're doing okay. They live in a dream house. Yeah. Their, so. their stairs turn into a slide. <laughs> and this is in the toned down, more realistic. The, the realistic, <laughs> quote unquote, version. Yeah. Um, Barbie's parents are oh, man, Mr. and Mrs. Roberts. I, I, I think that's such a strong marriage. Imagine being able to keep that love alive when that you many, got four daughters. That many daughters and that many puppies. They've you got gotta, you got to have it together. Yeah. And they got a pool and trampoline. Yeah. Yeah. They got all kinds of accessories. And I'm pretty sure the mom does a lot of volunteer work at the library. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah. Uh, she can't be on the cruise ship all the time. Uh, you know what movie I can't wait for? Bar The Barbie movie with Margot Robbie. That looks insane. That looks crazy. And wait. the filmmakers that are making it are really good filmmakers. The cast is stacked. It's Greta Gershwin. And, Am uh, I saying that name right? Yeah, I'm saying that right. And her husband, um, Noah Baumbach. Noah Baumbach wrote this script. He's like indie filmmaker extraordinaire. Like written some, like how many Academy Awards does he have for writing? These two indie filmmakers are like, what is the biggest? They, they make some of the most serious, <laughs> intense, character-driven movies of all time. And they're like, hey, here's, the, here's the biggest IP in the world. <laughs> Barbie. Barbie. Um, which I think is why it's going to be a good movie. Because it's going to be character driven. And it looks like there's like a Bollywood music number in it from that brief it looks teaser insane. trailer. It looks insane. Um, I can't wait for it. Maybe we should do a um, special episode. Maybe we should make a second podcast just about Barbie media. 
There's enough of it out there. There is enough of it. Uh, yeah, you've got some big ideas for the for the podcast this year uh, that I think we're gonna follow up on. I do. Yeah, you wanted to do like, um, you wanted to do like studios, like studio centric oh, yeah, series. Just, yeah. Yeah, that's an idea I was thinking about. Definitely open to feedback, but just like explore all of Pixar's, explore all of DreamWorks, explore just as a whole, not movie by movie, right? Or did you want to do like every Pixar movie comparison? Yeah, I wanted to watch every Pixar movie in order, and not not week after, like pretty much week after week, but still pausing for like when the new Mermaid movie comes out and. And, uh, no, it's just an idea, but yeah. I kind of like, I'm kind of liking doing these bad movies. Yeah. Um, we'd like to get feedback on that too. Like would, I'd like to, you know, find out if people enjoy kind of talking about these obscure bad movies. They're really fun to talk about. Um, sometimes they're not that fun to watch <laughs> <laughs> or would you rather us do those, you know, four out of five times and then, and then do a new movie that comes out. Um, like, would you want a podcast on the new Puss in Boots movie? Or I think there's another kids movie that just came out. I think, I think we should do it. Should we, we should have a real talk. Do we want to do it when they hit theaters or when they hit streaming? Because, yeah, because like, I want to do it when they hit theaters, but due to time, that's not always practical and things hit streaming just weeks after theater now. Yeah. At least to. You can pay some money and stream it. Yeah. Anyway, those are those are things uh, that Sean and I are going to talk about uh, internally. But if you, if anybody out there has ideas or things that they want to see or or they want us to talk about, um, let us know. Are we going to do an episode next week? I'll... How can they let us know in the comments? Oh, Twitter, Twitter, Sat Morn Dads Cast. Satmorn Dads Cast. If you search Saturday Morning Dads on Twitter, you'll find it. Yeah. But it's at Satmorn Dads Cast. All right. That's good to know. Yeah. We have, um, a, we have a Twitter account. Do we have a blue check? Do we have a gray check? Do we have a whatever no, other kind of check? No, but I'll, I'll buy one if, if it's important. Um, it's, I don't think it's important. Yeah. I mostly just like go respond to Disney posts and like troll the comments and respond to everybody who responded to it, hoping to get more listeners. And I think it worked once or twice. Yeah. Um, shout out to people who found us on Disney posts. Yeah. Shout out to the state of South Carolina. A lot of listeners in South Carolina. Don't know what's going yeah. on there. Thank you. SC. Yeah. Um, you're about to, about to overtake our home te- of Texas. So that's good. Yeah. Texas, y'all need to get with it. Um, are we going to do a podcast next week? I'm going to be out of town. If we do one, it'll it'll won't be first thing Friday morning. It'll be coming out later Friday evening. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll play it by ear. Okay. But right. uh, I'll this was what movie we do. This was fun. It was great. Great time, Curtis. Uh, unexpected movie. Um, not an enjoyable movie. I get. Oh, we didn't rate it. You want to rate it? Yes, I give it one out of ten blurbs. Um, I'm going to, just because of the voice actors involved, I'm going to be at 1.5 out of 10, uh, <laughs> blue bonium seeds. Yeah. 
Don't get me wrong. I give I give Brendan Fraser three blurbs out of five. If this movie was an animated version of uh, the Mummy, I would have really enjoyed it. Uh, what I wouldn't give for like a serialized Mummy. I wish Disney would like Disney Plus would make a Mummy TV show. They don't own Mummy though, do they? They do. It's called uh, Under Wraps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Have a great day. Bye.